0: Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. The Phillies have a weekend of games and a series in the bag. They win two out of three against the Oakland Athletics. So let's talk about it right close here with Jeff Mosher. And Jeff, how was your opening
1: day? I enjoyed it. Opening day is great. I was just discussing with you how awesome it is. And I guess they changed this because of... uh you know, the scheduling and everything with the with the prolonged lockout. But I've always hated that day off between the home opener and the second game. And we didn't have to deal with that this year. It's like we got baseball, and then we had baseball again the next day. Um, So it was really cool. And obviously, Frank, it was kind of funny. My first reaction to the Schwarber leadoff home run on opening day was how awesome that was. I mean, he worked a, a long count, and then he took one deep to right. And how exciting that was. But then I was like... You know, that's what McCutcheon did, I think, like four years ago. for yeah. and, and that season didn't turn, and that was against the Braves, and that season did not turn out the way we were hoping uh, that it turned out, or certainly not the Phillies. But, um, well, you know, different team, different lineup. That was cool to see. And a home run from Castellanos as well during the yep.
0: series, right? So the Phillies fans got, got a couple of the things they were
1: hoping for this weekend, right? Yes absolutely uh, th- this team's gonna hit home runs Frank. I mean I know that the offense was a little dry in game three there the you know two out of three as they say is what you want to win in every series and the bats did do the job in the first two games I mean not a it's not like it was an outpouring of runs but um good enough and hey you know what you got from Kyle what you got from Nola was a little better but you're all right with that and then what you got from Kyle Gibson was obviously fantastic. Let's talk about Nola first,
0: because he didn't throw that many pitches. You know, it feels like every opening day that's like the big controversy, right? Did did, did Nola get pulled too soon because of numbers of pitches? Mm-hmm. Of course, in the case of the inning where they, they pull Nola, that's after uh, a couple of defensive plays sort of led to some some runs. Uh, but but uh, would you have pulled
1: him there? Would you have tried to pitch him more? Was was time up? This is a great question because I feel like we have this debate every year with his first start, right? I mean, I mean, this goes back to, to when he gave up the, um, when they pulled him and then I think, uh, Naris came in and gave him a grand slam, uh, on opening day to somebody to like Freddie Freeman or somebody else. And it's like everybody always wants to go one more batter with Nola because whoever came in after didn't get the job done. I mean, he was starting to lose it, lose it a little bit. I, th- I felt like. Yeah. You could have stuck with him, but at that point you're you're not sure if you're getting full on Nola, you know, the way you were getting in the first 3 innings. And then once for him, Frank, and you, you've seen it, once you start to lose Nola, it can go downhill really quickly. Yeah,
0: so they pulled him after the 6th. Right. Like would people complain? I mean, he was really low in the pitch count, but yeah, anyway, I don't know if that's worth splitting hairs because the Phillies did pull that game out, but got a little close there towards the end on opening day.
1: It did. It did. And obviously we talked about the bullpen kind of going into this year, um, being, you know, somewhat of a question mark as it is every year, even new names. And obviously I think out of that three game series, if you're taking one thing away that you're not in love, I mean, Kniebel, uh, give up a run and Alvarado give up a run. Uh, one of them was unearned, uh, in that, in that second game. And then obviously in the, the, the third game, Falter got hit up. A little bit, and so did uh, Damon Jones. So not, you know, not ideal there. Well,
0: Jones, maybe they were a little testing feed a little bit, uh, going to uh, another inning for Jones, who looked mm-hmm. good in his first inning. You know, I think, I think that's a one thing you can maybe sort of look back and and wonder. You know, the Phillies the Phillies offense can put up a few runs, right? So, do you want to have one of your better relievers in that situation to try to keep the game so close? Uh, you know, the Phillies ended up getting one in the ninth. You know, the two two one game they might have maybe <laughs> approached a little bit different than a four n you know, it was right. only
1: four one after Gene Segura's home run. Right. Right. Well see, it was two well, two nothing after seven. So I I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously Joe went falter Brogdon Jones there, which was kind of interesting in a two nothing game, right? I mean he kind of went with the the not falter, but after that the kind of the bottom end of the bullpen. Um, instead of some of the bigger guns So um I didn't hear what he said after that game Maybe he's kind of still in experimental mode um, You know, trying to figure out what he's got out of certain guys Which you hate to see Look, I think the short and spring training has done that for for managers But you also want to win every game that you have a chance to win Yeah, I think though it's... See the schedule, you know, the, the, the lack
0: of the day off, right? I mean, you can't... I guess you can't pound Knievel-Familia hands like every day, right? So... I guess right. maybe they're trying to. I mean, and actually, Joe's known for this, right? Spacing out his relievers early and then, you know, that, letting them loose down the stretch. That's kind of been his M.O. Even back with the Yankees.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, game two, Gibby went seven, and you only had you had Alvarado and Kniebel. So, I mean, theoretically, couldn't you have used hand
0: in yeah. game three?
1: Um, couldn't you have? Isn't there? There's probably somebody else I'm not thinking. Oh, sorry. Well, I, I guess they're being really, you know. Cautious with Sir Anthony, so I don't know I, I'd i be curious to know I don't know if Joe openly talked about What the plan is for how many pitches Sir Anthony can throw in, in a certain Amount of time in, in one specific Series I mean, I feel like
0: the mentality the last few years was Well, when you have a lead of a couple You you always go to those, those types of guys Right? Mm-hmm. But it's almost like when you're only down one or two now You gotta feel like this offense is It's, it's almost the same as being, you know <laughs> Slightly up or, or tied, right? Because this offense can score some runs. Sure,
1: sure. I, yeah, absolutely. And then they went and scored a run in the bottom of the ninth of the, um, of the third game. So, uh, it was the Segura homer. So yeah, I think Joe's got to manage, you know, at least <laughs> pretty soon here. He's got to manage like uh, a one run or two run deficit is still a very winnable game for this team.
0: Now let's talk about. Zach Eflin, what did you think of his start? Gave you four innings, had a little bit of a jam to work out of, made a really nice double play. Uh, reactions to Eflin's first start?
1: Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I had a run out <laughs> for that day, and I did not catch uh, the first few innings. I got back, and it was like the third or the fourth. So, I mean, I, I you know, I know he didn't give up any runs and only allowed two hits. He threw 68 pitches through four, which is a little high, though. So, I mean, they obviously – they worked him a little bit there. What did yeah. you think? Yeah, no, I,
0: I I thought he hung in there. I didn't think he had his best stuff. Uh, he looked better during spring training. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's playing in cold weather now, so he's just, you know, out of his out of his element. Uh, but you know what? He hung in there, right? So I mean, that's what you need. You need a uh, you need your starting pitcher on his bad days to sort of gut it out. And get you to that bullpen. And and let's face it, Falter was stretched out, right? So you, you could have got. I mean, unfortunately, gave up a couple of runs, but mm-hmm. you know he pitched into his third inning of work uh, before leaving the game. Right. But uh, you know, having Falter to sort of back, piggyback him, I guess I, I guess I can understand why you would you would make that decision. And really, if you got the, out of the two of them, six and a third combined, two runs allowed. I mean, that that, that keeps you in
1: the, in the game. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that offensively the the Phillies did not, you know, kind of match what they had done in game one or two in that game, um, game three. But this is where – and this is the whole opening series conundrum that I face every year is Joe just being, you know, very conservative for the first series or two of the year. Because ordinarily, if this were, you know, game 55, Frank, and and Eflin's out there battling and maybe doesn't have his best stuff, but you have to appreciate a guy who's – you know, only given up two hits and walk two through four, even if he's thrown 68 pitches, why would you remove him in that situation? I mean, you want to reward a guy who's battling, unless you think it's sort of smoke and mirrors, unless you think that he's like a couple of pitches away from the the offense really catching up. But but this Oakland A's lineup is not. It's not a lineup that you're fearing is all of a sudden going to wake up uh, from the dead and score five runs in an inning. They're just not. You know they're they're a fire sale team. I I really hope that that decision was more made on this is his first start of the year and we're playing it conservatively than a harbinger for how Joe is going to deal with him going forward.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit of that. I, I I really do think that that it is about the first first time through being a little careful. Certainly, uh, you know you yeah, had Gibson looking way too good to to, to do that with uh, mm-hmm, right. in game two. But but hey, he started out pretty well last year out of the gate, so maybe, maybe he can recapture some of that there. But now, if we turn to the next series, uh, we had a couple other pitchers. You know, Eflin was one of the big question marks heading into spring training. Will he even be able to start the year uh, as, as a starter, or is he going to have to have some extra time? Uh, but when we look at the next two starters, we have Zach Wheeler and Ranger Suarez – not in that order. <laughs> but uh, I'm just I am just I'm just realizing I'm I said them backwards. But yeah, Suarez going Monday. Zach Wheeler going on Tuesday. Doesn't matter. I'm excited for that. <laughs> now Wheeler didn't throw a pitch in spring training. Uh does that worry you? Suarez didn't have as much work this spring, but he looked mostly okay. Thoughts on the uh pitching matchups the next two games, so it's Suarez versus Taiwan Walker and Wheeler. Versus, um, Taylor McGill.
1: I think that's how he says his name. Tyler McGill, opening day starter for the Mets, new ace. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's McGill. Um, so am I concerned? Sort of. I mean, I think that, that it's easy to say, nah, Zach Wheeler is a veteran. He's coming off a great year. He'll be fine, but it's, it's not. I mean, pitchers have their routines. They use spring training for certain amount of reasons, getting stretched out, working on certain pitches. And he just didn't have the same amount as everybody else, and it was a shorter one to begin with. So you can imagine what Girardi's going to do. I mean, if if he pulled Eflin after 68 pitches, right, in in four innings, what's he going to do with Wheeler? Even if Wheeler's dealing, I I doubt he's going to see more than five innings. And um, same thing with Suarez, who was a little bit late there with the visa issue. So uh, my hopes are not high for... You know, one of those Padre situations where they're throwing no hitters into the seventh inning back to back nights to the start mm-hmm. of the season. And, and the, and the manager's like, yeah, let's go, let's go, go for it out there. Um, so, I, you know, I don't expect more than five from either guy to be honest. And the Mets coming off
0: of a three to one series against the Nationals. They, they fall in the finale, but they won their first three games. Uh, is, is that just them beating up on the Nationals or are the uh, Mets looking like a threat?
1: Frank, the Nationals are bad. (laughs) They're really bad. I I watched a few of the games over the weekend. I think they were kicking the ball around too, which is uh, never, never a good thing. So, um, I mean, I know that, listen, you got one, they got Juan Soto and he alone is going to account for some good runs production from them. But overall, they're just, they're not a good team. So I, I, I tend to think that that was more Nationals bad than Mets really good. Type of thing, but uh, I mean, listen, the Mets outscored them by 11 runs in the series, so that part of it is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, so Soto with Nelson Cruz behind him, they're gonna, they're gonna accidentally run into a bunch. Yeah, they will. <laughs> just, they, just, yeah. just, just, just by virtue of that. Now they've got, uh, the, the Nationals had, of course, old friends Cesar Hernandez and Michael Franco in the starting lineup, uh, yesterday. And, yep,
1: uh, they're now the Phillies of the Mid Atlantic.
0: Yeah, old, old friend Victor Arano, uh, in the bull, in the bullpen for the Nationals. So they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're basically trying to recreate the 2017 Phillies just with Soto and Cruz.
1: Good luck to them.
0: <laughs> they even have a catcher <laughs> named Ruiz. And uh, I, I guess that. by 2017, the Phillies were on to uh, Cameron Rupp, right? But, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, so I guess my point is that they're not really expecting to win much mm-hmm. this year. They've kind of pieced it together now. I, I, I don't, I, the Nationals are I think are in that kind of limbo where they haven't totally started rebuilding but they they're just kind of there.
1: <laughs> they are there. Uh I don't know. I kind of you I f- I feel like they well you're right. it's not a total rebuild because if they would I guess they would have tried to trade like guys like Corbin for whatever they can get. I don't know if they would have traded Soto cuz he's just so good you don't you don't get rid of that but um they are a strange mix of old guys and, and young uh, old guys who were decent somewhere else, and then just a bunch of young guys and I think they're going to be kicking the ball around the uh the field quite a bit this year. you said the word
0: strange they do have d strange Gordon
1: uh,
0: on their roster as well, <laughs> kind of uh Tom Gordon's son who hasn't played much lately <laughs> so right. Right. so so yeah, so the nationals so the Phillies Phillies certainly missed having the opportunity to play the nationals early but but Pretty good, pretty good opening series, uh, so far against the Athletics. So we'll, we'll be watching these next two games to see what the starting rotation does, see what Wheeler can do, see what Suarez can do. Uh, but by the way, uh, before we finish talking about uh, that opening weekend, uh, Phillies hit some balls hard yesterday, just didn't get anything to show for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know if the wind was there because I know it was very, very windy, uh, on Sunday. And I don't know if that was knocking balls down or, you know, you know, obviously keeping them in the park, but they did hit the ball hard, just didn't have much to show for it there. Say Matt Verling, you know, he's been, he's been making some hard contact. (laughs) He doesn't have a lot to show for it. No, he has nothing to show for it, but, (laughs) but yeah, but, but hard contact. And unfortunately we didn't talk about it yet, but man, if not for bad luck, sometimes I don't know what the Phillies would have because you know Mickey Moniak puts it all together, has an amazing spring, and of course the last it was it the last that bad of the last game, right? He gets yeah Hilton drilling against the
0: the the Rays in Tropicana Field in Saint Petersburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's, that's that sucks. I mean that really really sucks. So um, now it's a race to see who gets back. Although. I don't think anybody's you know counting down the days to see Odubel Herrera in center field, but it's Matt Vierling's job now, I guess. And very interestingly, so I did want to bring up Moniac next because uh, the Phillies did sign
0: somebody who could possibly uh, make the team as a backup. Um, <laughs> his name is Roman Quinn. <laughs> Thoughts, thoughts on that. So Matt, so Roman Quinn is, alright, I'll say this. Matt, Roman Quinn was signed and he's on the minor league uh, contract. Uh, I assume he's going to play a few at, at, uh, AAA first, but if, if Simone Muziati, who's barely played any games above Class A, mm-hmm. is your backup center fielder, I, I would imagine Quinn's
1: going to show up at some point soon. Uh, I would imagine so. Getting the band back together. Um, didn't he have a pretty <laughs> good spring with the Marlins? I was a little no. surprised he did. No, he had a terrible he, spring. Yeah, no,
0: he didn't do much of anything. Oh, uh,
1: He just stayed healthy. So I guess that but, for him is pretty good. The Marlins
0: had too many outfielders. And so he, like he, he and Delano Shields, they both were there as, as, as minor league invites. Right. And, uh, neither player got a lot of at bats in the, in the process. And so, uh, what you got was, uh, you know him barely barely uh making a dent in anything and so so he gets released uh by the Marlins and Phillies grabbing outside i forget who it was somebody was saying the Phillies were were willing to give Quinn a minor league contract uh last the off season and uh it sounds like uh that I guess Quinn felt he might have a better shot making a major league roster somewhere else yeah uh but that didn't really work out for him so uh
1: so doesn't this feel like, uh, wasn't it two years ago where, where the Phillies had like five different center fielders all hurt? I mean, there was Kingery at one point and, um, Oduble was hurt and, uh, Romy Quinn was hurt and then Hazley was away from the team. I mean, it just seemed like the, the Phillies are destined to be on their fourth or fifth string center fielder for forever,
0: you know? Speaking of Hastley, he's in the minors right now with the White yeah. Sox. Maybe the Phillies maybe the Phillies should have hung on to him a little bit more. I guess they needed his his roster spot, but uh so far Hastley's only three for twenty at triple A, so mm. I don't know if he would have helped them a, a whole ton so far. But but Roman Quinn back in the organization. I'm guessing he will show up at some point soon uh to to to, to supplement Verling. You know, I've always said still Roman Quinn that the day that he's healthy for let's well, say the day. He's been healthy for a day. The season he's healthy for a season, he could put together a nice season. But that just never happens.
1: Yeah, no, it never happens. And I do think that when he has played in longer streaks, he he sort of reverts back to being an okay player with really good quickness and speed, not necessarily a really good player. But he does have some power. He's got speed, obviously. He's got the ability to make contact. So I do agree with you. I mean, he can be kind of a short-term like catalyst or spark plug, and maybe in an offense like this, he, he does You don't need him to do much. Just like with Matt Vierling, you put him there at ninth and, and hope you get anything from it. Well, it sounds like
0: Quinn was taking it easy uh, even into spring training because remember he ruptured that Achilles last year in, in yeah. St. Petersburg. I uh, uh, was present for both his injuries last year. The, what do you think he blew a hammy and was it a hammy? I can't remember the first injury, and then uh, then the one in, in Tampa Bay was just gruesome mm I just remember watching it saying, Well, I think his Phillies tenure is over but but maybe not maybe <laughs> maybe uh if you can Travis play some available but if,
1: if you can play some center field your 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 Phillies career is always alive <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the Phillies will face uh the only one that seems to have gotten away from them, and that would be Travis Jankowski <laughs> mm-hmm. who is a member of the Mets n't he have her, I think he's got two stolen bags already too, yeah, I mean they're using him as, as that extra guy to do that kind of uh that kind of role you know they're not gonna they're not gonna start him in center field there but uh but yeah, he did get one start and stole two bases so right. um so so Jankowski what would they used to say should have kept
1: <laughs> there's gonna be some serious firepower though um. Out there on the field, this you know for this series. I mean, I saw that Alonso had a grand slam the other day, first of his career, which is hard to believe with all the home runs he's hit. Wow. Uh, let's see, Pete Alonso, uh, McNeil has been hitting a lot better already this year than than he did last year. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I don't know if Mar- yeah, Marte had a couple of hits. I mean, he's 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 already started off pretty well for them. But you got to like the pitching, at least for that. Again, you don't know how long Wheeler and, and Sanchez are going to go. I'm sorry, Suarez are going to go. Hopefully, they can be really efficient, give you put up some zeros early, and then the Phillies offense kind of puts them on the board. Well, that I mean that's why they
0: signed this offense to 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 do that. Um, you know, Mets, you're talking about the Phillies defense. Uh, I, I don't love the Mets defense very much either. I think they've
1: made three errors too.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they but you know you look around their diamond, they're like you know Alonso is no Gold Glove winner at, at first. Right. And no. even though there's a DH, they're going to make sure he gets his at bats at first, mainly because they've got a bunch of other DHs, you know, the Robinson Canos and JD Davis and, um, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty packed with the, oh, Dominic Smith, of course, who doesn't really have a position. Right. So they, uh, they've got some, uh, they've got some offense, but it's also, uh, also without, without gloves. Yeah. And so yeah. What is, what is Michael Conforto doing, by the way? Is he still not signed? No, nope, Mike Conforto's just hanging out. Apparently, what? So his, his agent says it's because he was hurt. When? He got hurt in January doing some workouts or something. That's his excuse. It's not that nobody wants to sign him. Oh. He's just hurt.
1: Wow. And, I, and I he'll mean, be ready really soon. Yeah, he could help somebody. I know he's not a perfect player, but, I mean, there's really no excuse for him to be unemployed at this moment except for – that he's asking for way too much money, but at some point you got to lower your demands just to get a job. I mean, there's not going to be a desperation Michael Conforto signing like, Oh my God, we lost our set, our right fielder. So we have to go out and give Michael Conforto what he wants.
0: Yeah. I would, I would, uh, I would think that Conforto is going to end up on a team like uh, one of those rebuilding teams that has some money left, you know, just, sign a contract for a year and then hope to trade him at the trade deadline for some prospects, you know? Pirates, maybe? Pirates, Pirates, Athletics, maybe. I mean, they – That is an Oakland Athletic signing, yeah. That yeah. seems like the kind of guy that they would get, you know?
1: See, um, it's funny. I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking if he was going to do a one-year deal that he would try to sign with a really good team, be in a good lineup, and, you know, sacrifice the the – the big bank just for the, the to try to get a better future but i don't know it's different that that's that's sort of like the nfl way i don't know what the major league baseball way is i mean if you go play for the pirates how good of a year can you have well you could get get
0: yourself traded to a contender i mean that's the idea <laughs> you know you, right, you might you get you just to do it to
1: sign with a contender i guess for the money yeah 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 you get your money and then
0: hope that you get traded and then yeah. uh you know hopefully some hole opens up on a on a contender and then all of a sudden you're You're on the move, right? So, like, like, that seems to be the only option that he has at this point. I mean, I I think the Phillies are done signing expensive outfielders, so uh, to throw him in center field. But
1: I don't even know if he can play center field.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he, he might be done as a center fielder, but yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, so Conforto remains on the market. All right, so a couple other things just before before we get going. I thought this was an interesting story. Uh, Todd Zalecki wrote, wrote a uh, piece yesterday. Some people saying, hey, wait a minute. It's, these are all day games. Where are the Phillies cream uniforms? Apparently they don't have them yet. What? <laughs> no. Now this is the quote from, uh, Phillies executive vice president Dave Buck. He says, they weren't able to deliver the uniforms in time. It's a shame because our fans really like them, but the supplier, Fanatics, is backed up and doing the best that they can. Oh,
1: Michael Rubin, get on it. They also don't have their powder blues. Uh, how can we have the powder blue co- podcast and they don't have the powder blue unis? This is <laughs> terrible.
0: <laughs> you know, they used to make these things in the Poconos when Majestic was a thing. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, and then Majestic gets bought out by Major League Baseball so they could sign a deal with Nike. I feel like it would have been a lot easier if they could just send somebody up to the Poconos to get some uniforms, right? But You would think. Although, I, was, although I think I was listening to the radio broadcast yesterday, and they were saying that uh, even in the store, there, there's you know, of course, there's supply chain issues everywhere, right? So, yes, with so many so many industries getting shut down temporarily here or there for COVID reasons, you know, and you get an outbreak in plants, well, then everybody can't work, and then you're way behind, and it's it's just going on and on and on. Right. But, uh, But uh, even the Majestic Store, or what was formerly the Majestic Store, excuse me, the, what's it, New Era Store now. Mm -hmm. Just them trying to piece together everything they had to have some Bryson Stott number 5 jerseys uh, ready for fans. And I did see a bunch of them this opening weekend.
1: Oh, God, the whole family was there, right? They had had like 22 people there.
0: (laughs) I I think they bought up anything they could get their hands on.
1: Yeah, I'm glad he got his hit, you know, too, also out of the way early. Bam, doesn't become a thing. Yeah, a couple of them,
0: right? So a nice, nice opening day at third and, and played short yesterday. I thought that was interesting. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought they might go with the two righties, uh, on Sunday, you know, with Camargo and, and Bohm. Right. Uh, but, but, Stott gets his first start against a lefty. So that, that's interesting because you gotta was wonder. was interesting. You did want to, you did wonder a little bit if it would end up being some sort of straight platoon after, uh, Bohm gets game two after Stott mm-hmm. gets game one. But, um, looks like Girardi's going to mix and match then.
1: Well, I mean, I think he did something that we we discussed in the last pod is that when you have Eflin out there, mm-hmm. a ground ball pitcher, you want your best defensive player in infield as possible. So you had Camargo out there at third and Stott at his at his, I guess, more natural shortstop position. How did I
0: miss that? I mean, that's something I just wouldn't shut up about for. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you you were so surprised that it actually happened that you forgot you predicted it. There you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So that was my point. You know, the the defense isn't as bad as as you think when you have the options to to do that. Yeah. And who knows, and you they, might they have put seen Camargo in
1: in game two, right? Then wasn't he a late game defensive uh yep. substitute? So that was smart. I, we were hoping to see that early and we did, so that was yep. a good job. Yeah,
0: Camargo's gonna end up uh being a, a an important piece for the Phillies. Yeah. Coming uh, coming you'll you'll see a lot of late inning defense after they get some runs so i I think that this is uh this is he's he was a good guy to get. I know he kind of re- replaces Freddie Galvis in that role. I mm-hmm. wonder how Freddie's doing in japan um did th- I did think I said did see a video of Freddie Galvis in Japan, but um I think he's uh i th- I think Camargo has probably got a little bit more in the tank at this point uh, I think so his, yeah in his career so as much as the fans like Freddie, uh but but Freddie Galvis is with the soft Hawks oh, over okay. In Japan, and I don't know how to look up stats in, in uh, Japanese. Do
1: you? There used to be a website there that you know um, I would go when I covered baseball. I was on it all the time, um, Japanese league one, because I would always be looking at like the Fukuoka Hawks and uh, who are the other uh, like the Taipei? No, that's China. There was a ta- team in Taipei, uh, Japan baseball. No, I don't know. I thought there was a um, a pretty easy website to to figure that out, but. I could be wrong. The okay, same so Lions, right? He did hit a he did hit a grand slam in uh, a couple weeks ago. So he's. <laughs> I remember uh, hearing about the um, the Nippon Ham Fighters. I think that's their name. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about it, though, I didn't realize that there was a um a city hyphenated city Nippon slash Ham. So I thought the name of the team was the Nippon. Ham fighters, and I, was, I couldn't figure out what a ham fighter was.
0: I thought they were just sponsored by like a ham company, you know?
1: Maybe, yeah. I thought maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I plead ignorance on this because Nipp- it is just nippon. Uh, hopefully, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly either. Nippon. Nippon. By the
0: way, you know who their manager is right now? Is former Mitt Suyoshi Shinjo.
1: Shinjo, yeah. I, I heard they like helicoptered him in. On opening day, that was some kind of grand entrance, it was something crazy <laughs> like that. <laughs> but yeah, known for his time with the Mets,
0: certainly, uh, and, you played with the Giants as well, but he also played for the Ham Fighters, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> but he is now their manager, so it's kind of kind of interesting to see that, uh, did I also see, um, um,
1: is, uh, Tadahito Oguchi also a manager? I think Iguchi is a, a manager, and in, in, in and uh maybe yeah, he was the one who had the helicopter in. He wasn't he a Met also at one point? Yeah, he's the Chiba Latte Marines. He's their manager since
0: 2018. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yes, uh a so former Philly who helped them uh, win in, in 2007, and came back for a little bit in 2008. Uh, you know, he, you know, big part of the Philly success in, in 2007, right? Taking it over for for Utley for a little bit while he was out injured. And, Right, made all the difference uh,
1: down that stretch. By the way, Nippon Ham is actually a um, it's a it's a meat packing company called Nippon Ham. Oh, okay. So they do. You were right. That is the sponsor because they play in the city of uh, well, they play in the Sapporo Dome, and it is in the city of Toyohira Ku, in Sapporo, Hokkaido, Japan. So Nippon Ham is the company is the sponsoring company. Correct? Okay, yeah. Here we go. So there's nobody fighting any hams. (laughs) That's the important thing out of this. They're not ham fighters.
0: (laughs) NH Foods. Okay. The company is the one that owns the baseball team.
1: I thought one of the games from Nintendo was made uh, by a company out of Nippon Ham, or or maybe Nippon Ham made sponsored that as well. Very possible.
0: Yeah. The old school Nintendo games are great. You yeah, get I used to
1: love Japanese baseball names too. Yeah. I mean, like the team names there. Like the, the Chiba Latte, I believe, and then you got the uh somebody's the dragons. I think it's Chunichi Dragons and the Cebu Lions. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, good old good old days in the eighties playing those uh the first the first versions of uh Video game baseball. That's right. Then <laughs> <laughs> then what it took to what, ninety four, you get the Ken Griffey Jr. baseball, you know, that was uh That was great. Move, moving
1: on up on the uh, Super Nintendo, right? Yes. I was always a big baseball stars fan for Nintendo. That was <laughs> that was my game. That was the best. But we could go on all day about uh <laughs> about <laughs> ham and about uh video games, but uh, but there's some baseball to watch this week, Jeff. So I'm excited. I, you got to be excited for this Mets series. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Um, like I said, there's going to be a lot of big bats in this game, and then some decent pitching, obviously. I know, no Degrom for the Mets, but, um, you know, Tyler McGill. makes it miss out quick. on Scherzer, right? Yeah, yeah, miss out on Scherzer, which is good for the Phillies. So um, it should be a good series. I'm excited. I mean, think about it; you get a chance to. To re- I mean, if you could start off the season, take two out of three and you're four and two after six. Oh, wait a minute. Play.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I misspoke. They see Scherzer on, on Wednesday against Aaron Wednesday? Nola.
1: Okay. So, oh, that's a great. I forgot
0: for a show. second that they played four games. Uh, so yeah. So Scherzer is, Scherzer was game two starter this year. So uh, right. that lines him up against Nola, the Phillies game one starter, because they played one more
1: game. Sure. Sure. So it's really kind of important then to, to take the first two if you can get them. Try to get two out of three in this series. So I'm excited to Yeah, season. that I'm Wednesday all, game,
0: know. Wednesday at one o'clock. That's gonna be a good game. Definitely. Play. Yeah, hook that's
1: here in Philly. So I mean that's, that's a, yep. you know I might try to get to that game if I can. All right, we'll
0: see. Sweet. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. We'll be in touch after another good week of Phillies baseball. We'll see how the Phillies do against the Mets. Looking forward to the de- the debuts of Ranger Suarez and Zach Wheeler. For the Powder Blue Podcast, right close, Jeff Mosher, we'll catch you next time. (laughs)